Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is www.whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is www.revolutionbroadcasting.com. The show is broadcast live every Tuesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And... This is the show where we discuss the causal factors for what is actually taking place in our world related with issues of human freedom. Today is Tuesday, August 10th, 2010, and we have a good program lined up for you this evening. We're going to be continuing our discussion on mind control, and it's many methodologies and techniques that are employed to place people under mind control. Today we will be getting into technique number four, which is the strategy of divide and conquer. So more on that in a little while. What I'd like to do right now is to get into the event announcements I read a couple of event announcements usually to start the show, uh, events that are coming up in the Philadelphia area, which is where I'm from. So every third Monday of the month, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity hosts a free documentary screening followed by a discussion on that documentary at the Ethical Society of Philadelphia, 1906 South Rittenhouse Square, 7 o'clock p.m. sharp, start time this Monday they will this coming Monday they will be showing the documentary um, Fiat Empire by James Yeager a great film so if you're in the Philadelphia area come on out to the Ethical Society on Monday evening for a free documentary Fiat Empire followed by a discussion for more information on this group please visit 
www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. That's truthfreedomprosperity.org. And the second event announcement is Free Your Mind, a unique two-day conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. April 9th and 10th, 2011, in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. Only $20 per day at Ruble Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. Confirmed speakers so far, Aaron McCollum, Andrew Basiaggio, Jay Parker, Laura Eisenhower, myself, Mark Passio, and Michael Kelly. For more information, please visit freeyourmindconference.com. More information will be forthcoming on this conference as information becomes available. So that's the event announcements for tonight. I want to give the call-in number for the show now. The call-in number, and you can call in at any time, and there are no taboo topics on this show. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put in the call ID number for what on earth is happening. The call ID number for this show is 83515. Once again, the call ID number for what on earth is happening, 83515. When you call, hold on the line. I will be alerted on my switchboard here, and uh, I will get to your call. Uh, Sometimes it takes a little while, so please be patient. I will eventually see the call and, and get to it. So we have been talking about mind control over the last several weeks and we will continue to talk about mind control over the next several more weeks. This is because there are many techniques, there are many methodologies which mind control employs, which the practitioners of mind control employ to keep someone in their web, to keep someone in their grip. We already have looked at on previous shows the technique of obfuscation. Obfuscation meaning to render obscure, unclear, confusing, bewildering, unintelligible. We looked at all the ways that this technique is employed in the modern world. The second mind control technique we looked at a few weeks back was worldview poisoning. Getting people to see themselves and the world around them in a horrific, negative way. Specifically, getting people to see human nature as something that is fundamentally flawed and or evil. 
Worldview poisoning also employs the technique of devaluation of the individual such that the individual thinks of him or herself as a number, as something that can have a digit value placed upon it. Making someone see themselves in terms of money, in terms of possessions, etc. Finally, worldview poisoning employed the technique of destroying the imagination, which is first and foremost destroying the ability of someone to understand that change is possible and how to affect that change in their manifested reality. So that overall was the technique known as worldview poisoning. Last week we looked at the third method of mind control, which was the exploitation of humanity's subconscious primal fears. We listed the four main ancient subconscious primal fears of our species. And they were the fear of darkness, the fear of predators, the fear of abandonment, and the fear of chaos. We examined those in depth last week on this show. I think it was one of the better shows that I've done thus far because I think the examination of these subconsciously held fears go a long, long, long way toward explaining how people are controlled at a subconscious level. If you understand these fears, if you yourself deal with these fears, which we all have, they are nested into our very genetic structure, we have them at some level or another, if you bring them to the conscious level, explore them, and work with them instead of ignoring them, you will be much less likely to be susceptible to the techniques of mind control. So that was the exploitation of primal fears. That was technique number three. Today, we are going to look at, we are going to examine, we are going to explore in detail mind control technique number four out of 14, which we will be covering in total in this show. 15 if you count trauma-based mind control techniques, which we discussed a couple of weeks back on show number 17 when I interviewed a special guest, Neo, who related his absolutely horrifying experiences in an occult family in which he was put under a technique known as trauma-based mind control. You'll hear a lot more about that technique at the Free Your Mind conference. So, today we're going to look at how we are conquered externally because we are divided among ourselves. This is the divide and conquer strategy that rulers have employed to their benefit for millennia. If you keep 
a people, if you keep a group of people focused on the external perceived differences, the differences that they perceive among themselves, they are all the more easier to rule. People, it, it is essential for rulers to keep people thinking of themselves as separate and different, never seeing their unity, never seeing their inherent non-duality, but certainly, most of all, never seeing their collective shared situation with any level of clarity. When a people cannot see that they are in the same basic collective situation, they will be more prone to act in ways that continues to divide them, continues to weaken them, and continues to allow their weaknesses to be exploited from without. This is the technique that has been perfected over thousands of years by rulers throughout the centuries. And they still do it quite well today. And they have had much time to perfect this technique. And they are still employing it with great success. And until we see essentially that we are all in the same prison cell together, as dark of a way of looking at things as that may be, let's be honest, that's the case. Until we see that we are all essentially in the same cage together, we're never going to put down the perception of difference among us. Because essentially there is no difference between human beings. We all have the same basic desires. We all have the same basic needs. We all have the same basic fears. And we are all essentially oppressed in the same ways by this small parasitic class of people who like to think of themselves as our owners. And I'd like to say that they're not our owners collectively. But unfortunately, they are, they are most of our owners. They're not all of our owners, but they are most of our owners. See, most people in the world have not come to the understanding of self-ownership, let alone practicing it in their lives. They haven't even come to an understanding of self-ownership. Self-ownership would look like a bizarre, extremist, crazy idea to most people in the world because they are under such mind control. Because there is such a depth of conditioning that they have been embedded into over the course of their lives through the opinions that they have heard from other people. Not truths, but opinions 
often repeated opinions, spoken with no experiential knowledge to back up said opinion. Through rhetoric, through the educational, quote-unquote, educational system, which is the indoctrination system, which we'll be talking about next week. Through the food that they have eaten, quote-unquote food, we'll be talking about that in a few weeks. The things that we put into our body, how poisonous a large percentage of it is. And that plays such a role on people's ability to think critically, to analyze their situation, to understand the true nature of the reality that they are living in. So, what are some of these ways in which we perceive differences? Let's look at a few of them. We see ourselves as different, first and foremost, the, 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 the largest division among people, and I would say the one that clearly displays itself in what takes place in our world is the seeming division or separateness or difference of the sexes, male versus female. And we see this played out as an extreme imbalance. We live in a male-dominator world. And this is an imbalance that is not part of our true nature, is not something that is good for our evolutionary development, and it is not something that is actually true in the sense that it must be that way. It's true that it is the case right now that the world is out of balance toward the male aspect, toward yang energy, as we talked about previously in older shows. We once lived in more egalitarian energy when it came to the male and female, the yang energy of the male and the yin energy of the female. And it should be our state of striving to get back to a place of balance between these two seemingly polarized energies. We talked about this when we talked about polarity. The seeming opposites that we perceive in this dualistic realm in which we operate. Male, female. Light, dark. Good, evil. Hot, cold, etc. But these are just oscillations of the same energy. There is no real 
high-level spiritual difference between male female. Everyone carries both of these energies within them, whether they are a man or a woman. We have both the masculine yang energy within our being that expresses as our actions. And we also carry with us the sacred feminine element of our emotional makeup, our emotional qualities. We need to bring these two into a state of balance or harmony again so that we become a being that as we feel, so we act. And our actions do not betray our feelings, our emotions, or our conscience, that which we know to be right. This is the chemical wedding, the true chemical wedding. It is bringing together the emotions and actions into harmony. It is also bringing together the left and right hemispheres of the brain in balance in the neocortex of the brain. And we talked about this extensively when we discussed the components of the human brain in older shows. All of these shows, all of these topics can be heard, can be gone back, can be downloaded for free. They're all on my website at whatonearthishappening.com in the podcast section. Just click on the tab that says podcasts. You can read the topics of the shows. There are related images for each show. You can play them embedded right there in the web browser, and you can also download them for free to put on your mobile digital music players. So, the dichotomy between male and female is one of the number one ways that people see themselves as separate. And this must be continuously reinforced. A man is supposed to act like this. A woman is supposed to act like this. The installation of cultural memes and cultural identities into the subconscious mind from the time we're born. Men dress this way, women dress this way. Men play, boys play with these toys, girls play with these toys. Men want to do these things when they grow up, women want to do these things when they grow up. And the dominators, the elite class, the sorcerers, if you will, the dark occultists who are really running the show here because they know a million times more about our consciousness than 99.9% of the human species ever will, probably, unless they wake up out of their slumber, out of their self-imposed slumber. They don't even need, these occultists, these, these dominators, they don't even need to reinforce this themselves. We do it for them. Our parents, our teachers, our friends, our family members. We're essentially our own police when it comes to these ideas. We perpetuate them. It's a self-perpetuating cycle that needs to be broken 
And it can only be broken once that dichotomy is seen for what it is, nonsense. So what's another one? Let's look at another one. Well, what about age? You know, we all are born and we grow up. We have a childhood. We have an infancy and then a childhood. And then teen years. Then we become young adults and then finally adults and then middle-aged and then elderly. And people see themselves different ac across this line as well. This stratifies people into more groups. This one is also bound by the idea of time, which is a very esoteric concept, which we'll talk about as one of the techniques of mind control, a much more abstract one and slightly more difficult to grasp we'll get into the illusion of time in a later show. This is another way in which we are divided through age. Another way is through class. How much money do you make? What kind of job do you do? What can you afford? This is a, a really bitter one because people take this one perhaps more seriously than any other. They bought into this one the most. And again, this is because, as we've talked about on this show before, the number one technique of mind control, the number one religion of this planet, the form of mind control that more people are under than any other technique is the belief in money. That money is something that is actually real. And so this religion, which make no mistake about it, is the world's number one religion. And if you really want to get technical about it, I would say it's the only religion. It's the only actual religion that is truly, deeply practiced and respected on this world. Everyone belongs to this church, just about, in some form or another. We'll get into that even more in, previous show, in, in future shows. We'll be talking about the monetary system, I think, in about three weeks or so. And when we get into symbolism, we'll go in-depth on this concept of how this is sold to us as spirituality. Money is. It is sold to us as the very idea of God. And again, that is because it is the only religion. And this plays deeply into how people see themselves as separate through class warfare. How people look down upon the poor, people who have money, how people who hate the rich people who don't have money. And it's all an illusion. Every bit, every iota of it an illusion. None of it real. All fake. And yet people kill and die over this stuff. 
that's fake. It's someone made up, that occultists made up thousands of years ago, and you bought into it that it was real. And they're busting a gut laughing in your face. Busting a gut laughing in your face. I don't know how else to say it, folks. If you really understood, if you really could see and experience the opinion that the people who truly own your consciousness, meaning they are currently controlling most of your thoughts, emotions, and actions, if you could actually know what they think, if you actually had even a sense of that, it would completely change the way you look at reality in a heartbeat. If you could know it, as I do. See, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I think I understand what they think of us, because I work with some of these people directly. I do know from factual firsthand experience, experiential knowledge, that no one is ever going to tell me isn't real, that I didn't experience, because I know that I did. And that puts a whole different perspective on things. I, I tell people it's like, try going up to a soldier and telling him he wasn't in the war that he was in. Go up to a Gulf War vet. Tell him you, you were never in Iraq. See what happens. Find out. Oh, you didn't see, you didn't see anybody's brain splattered all over a wall. You know? You didn't, you didn't see, you know, one of your friends die right there at your feet. You're making it all up. You don't know what you're talking about. You were never there. Go, go challenge some military people and say that to them. See what happens. Oh, it's the same situation. Some people have the benefit of actually having been there. And that's the perspective I'm explaining to you what the elites think. And it's a big belly laugh for them, folks. It's a big belly laugh. So that's another divide and conquer strategy. Class. One that most people think of immediately is race. Racial differences. How many people are killed over this yearly? All nonsense, all an illusion. No differences really between races. It's all the same desires. It's all the same needs. They're all under the same controls. doesn't make a difference whether you're African-American, Italian-American, Irish-American, Polish-American. If you're from Italy, if you're from Greece, if you're from Spain, if you're from Russia, if you're from Africa, if you're from India, if you're from China, it's all the same prison, folks. You're in one jail cell if you haven't gotten that yet. And yet, 90% of the people around you haven't. You may have, but, you know, what about the people walking down, down the street right in your neighborhood? How about your next-door neighbor? How about your own family members? Can they see this? 90% can't or greater. 
And it's because of these techniques. Constantly get people to see themselves as separate. There's only one true level of separation. And this is one that is true. And that's how conscious are you? How aware are you? That's real. That's real. Really, that's, if you want to really get technical about it, you can look at that as illusion as well. Because it's just a matter of how many blinders do you have on? How many layers of conditioning are there over your truly awakened self? Because everybody is truly awakened at the being level. At the level of consciousness itself. How many blankets are thrown on top of that level, however? How many sheets have people willingly self-imposed on top of themselves? You know, how many walls have they built up around themselves to blind that light of consciousness, to darken that flame, to extinguish it practically? All because of fear, all because of wanting to be taken care of, all because of wanting to absolve oneself of personal responsibility, and for no other reasons. That's it. Fearing that which is, and not wanting the responsibility which comes along with that which is. Those are the real barriers toward people's enlightenment of these topics and concepts, and the real breakdown of their self-imposed differences. They're continuously reinforced by their owners. Continuously reinforced by their owners. And people buy into it. People buy into it. I mean, I, I would venture to probably guess that there are a lot of racist people out there in the freedom movement itself. All an illusion. All a propagation of a difference that is all imposed among ourselves just so we keep fighting amongst each other. That's what the dominators want. Fight amongst each other, weaken each other. That makes it all the easier for me to come in and take what I want and get away unchallenged. I'm going to give some examples of this on this show. After I go through a couple of the other ways we are divided, ways we allow ourselves to be divided. How about nationality? America is the greatest country on earth. Viva la raza. I'm Italian. I have an ancestry that's in, in Europe, in Italy. Well, I'm Russian. My ancestry is in Russia. Yeah? And? We, we, we hold this nationalistic pride about which prison cell, which, which small cell in the large prison we came from. Wonderful. Very proud of you. Are you free? No, but I'm Irish. Exactly. 
it's it's almost ridiculous. It's almost laughable. I mean, you have to laugh at it. Actually, I know your owners are laughing at it. I'm sure of that. You know, and people get on me because they'll say, "Oh, well, you're you're not angry enough at the people really perpetuating this, which is the elite." Well, wrong answer. Because they're not the ones really doing it. And if you still think that they are, you haven't woken up yet. You haven't realized what's really going on yet. And that's why I don't really talk too down on those people. I don't agree with their methodologies, which is why I expose them. But hey, did they really sell that to you or did you buy it willingly? Were you looking for it as an excuse not to really work on yourself, not to really take personal responsibility. I'm not in the camp of blaming the people who are actually in control, and it's easy for them to exploit that control. I'm in the camp of putting the responsibility on the people that it really belongs on, us. And get as offended about that as you want. Get as offended about it as you want. Raise a big up, uproar about it. Pound your fist on the desk. Pound your fist against the wall. Beat your head against the wall. It ain't going to change nothing. We're the ones who are doing this to ourselves and no one else. And that's great news. People should be happier about that because that means it is entirely within our power once we decide so, to reverse that scenario, we made it, we're the ones that can unmake it. But not if we continue to walk around in a stupor, which most people are in. So until this is talked about constantly with everybody you're around, and it's, it, that's, it's hard work to do this, you will alienate some people. But more and more people are listening it's a slow process, and that's all you can do. But how many people are, in fact, really doing that without an agenda of some kind, without real total self-interest about it? Simply because it's true, you've recognized it as such, and you want to propagate truth into the world to change this place for the better. How many have an accurate grasp of these techniques, truly, and a grasp of the really big picture and the really long view of history. Not many. And most people have found their way into other cul-de-sacs. The New Age movement, different religions, limited government, all cul-de-sacs. But that's why these words won't be very popular except to the very, very few. Because I'm not one of the tent pitchers or the, the people who makes excuses for all the wrong, immoral actions that other people take. I'm not, I'm not one of the people that says, well, look at all the negative, horrible, immoral things that police are doing, yet I still support the police as an institution. 
Well, I don't support the police as an institution. I think humanity can do away with this institution. I think the whole problem, one of the big problems is we appointed an institution to take care of people that really do things they don't have a right to do in society. And we've said, that's your responsibility. It's not ours. And then you're going to wonder why an institution gets out of control, completely out of control, starts thinking that they're God? You're the one who absolved your power to them. You meaning the people of the earth. Well, I haven't, because I don't believe in that institution. I reserve all of my power as an individual, period. I'm sovereign. You're not, you're not here to handle my problems for me. I'm here to handle my problems, period. You don't protect me. I don't, I don't acknowledge that anyone is my protector because I'm not in any fear of anybody, anything that anybody can do to me. I don't care how crazy events of the world get. I don't want anybody's protection. I'm not afraid of what can happen in the world. That's it. And as long as you are, you'll be enslaved. As long as you're afraid of what can happen in this world, you will be enslaved. The end. And it's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. When you don't know yourself, when you don't know what your subconscious desires and fears are, when you don't know how those can be exploited, when you don't understand how a dominator can step in, create chaos, and then, and then basically take control of the situation after the chaos is created and people are running for a, a savior to their problems, then good luck. Because if you don't get that, you don't understand how you're being played. Which brings us to the next way that we're divided, which is politics. An example of the Hegelian dialectic, which we'll go into great detail on when we talk about 9-11 and chaos sorcery and controlled opposition, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Politics, as if there's a difference between political parties. And people still, still think there is. They still go out and vote. They still think that the institution of voting is going to solve any problems, that it's, you know, some privileged thing as opposed to begging somebody for something. I just posted a phenomenal video about this on my Facebook page uh, from Stefan Molyneux who is a, a fabulous philosopher that discusses a lot of these techniques and, and discusses mind control. I'm going to make an offer to him to come and speak at the Free Your Mind conference. I don't know if he will accept, but we'll see. And um, just a phenomenal video about uh, the illusion of voting and how people propagate it themselves. Oh, yeah, we'll vote our way out of slavery. It's just a matter of picking the right master all it is just a matter of picking the right master it's your privilege your privilege to be allowed to pick your master don't you know please hey I, I know my words are harsh but we need to grow up people we need to grow up so politics 
That's another way we're divided. Oh, man, is that division ever strong. See people warring over conservative versus liberal, Republican versus Democrat every day. And they still think there's a difference. They still actually believe it. I can hear the ripples of laughter in the real true corridors of power. I heard them with my own ears, my friends. I heard them with my own ears in real life. Not on a movie screen, watching a documentary, reading it in books, or imagining it. And and I still can't bring myself to say that those people are... They're wrong, yes, morally, but, you know, I can't really attack them at any kind of a deep level because I feel that they are unified. They're unified among themselves. We talked about this last week. The universe will respect dark care over no care. It will respect a psychopath who is at least unified with his own position. Well, He has thoughts about how things are in his relationship with them. He has basically no feelings and empathy, so that's not a problem. And he unifies his will to carry out the actions that he thinks he should be taking. Therefore, he's not divided. And the universe will essentially grant people like that their wishes because they are non-dual. I don't know how much clearer to say that. You don't need to accept that. You can think that that's not the case all you want, and it will never make that untrue. Because the universe does not really care about what you're really trying to create, as long as you're non-dual about the way you go about it. And there are people who will fight with you over this concept because they don't understand how it works. People who themselves are saying, well, I think it should be this way, and yet you can see in in, in a short amount of time how their actions actually betray that. It's all apologies. It's all apologetic behaviors. We want to make excuses, people. That's what we really want to do. We want to excuse ourselves for the way that we separate from each other, and we want to excuse ourselves for the way that we are divided within our own selves. And there's no excuses. There's no excuses. There's no escape. I've said this a million times. You're not getting out of here unscathed by taking shortcuts. Nor are you going to get out of here unscathed by making apologies for stuff you shouldn't be making apologies for. Look at what actually is taking place with no apologies. But yet you hear it all the time. It's not not people's fault. They were manipulated into it. Yeah, there are techniques of manipulation, but once again, you have to buy them. You have to buy into them through your own spiritual weakness. And hey, I'm not going to, you know, 
say, I didn't fall for these things. But you know what? With the availability of information and the amount of people that are discussing this now, there's no excuses anymore. I mean, come on. You really think there's still excuses for the ignorance, the level of ignorance that is out there. How much information would it take is what I often ask. Because you don't think there's enough information in the world? It's the difference between nescience and ignorance. A child who just learned to walk is nescient about the dangers of crossing the street. They're not ignorant about it. They have not yet been taught. They are not at a cognizant level to be able to understand even what a car is, let alone how it could hurt them. That's nescience. Ignorance is the information being aware and you being able to perceive it, and yet you still look the other way. Because you don't want it to be so. You don't want that thing to be the way it is. You're uncomfortable with it being so. Cognitive dissonance. I'm uncomfortable with that being so, so I'll ignore it, and I'll pretend that it never was, and it'll go away. A friend of mine has a daughter who he said, when he tried to tell her about 9-11 being an inside job and being an example of the Hegelian dialectic, of, of chaos sorcery, as I refer to it as, as creating a chaotic situation and then capitalizing on that situation for your own aims that you wanted to impose anyway, but you wouldn't have gotten popular support for without that chaotic situation happening that people now cry out for you to protect them from ever happening again. Well, he said that his daughter said to him, even if I knew that were true, even if, let's say, officials that did it within the government in intelligence agencies and, you know, uh, special forces came forward and said, yes, we did this. We are openly admitting it. We did it. Here's how. Here's all the evidence. She said, I would still choose to believe that I live in a world other than that. I would still, in my mind, make myself believe that it didn't happen that way to, to, to get myself to accept that I don't live in that world. Imagine that. This, this is who we're trying to wake up, folks. Imagine that. The level of psychological denial. That's disease. That is deep psychological disease to make a statement like that. The level of fear you have to be in to make a statement like that is so monumental, I can scarcely conceive of it. And we're going to look at things like this on the show continuously. Because only when we look at the dark are we going to really come to the light. We have to understand the nature of the problem. That's how you get to the causal factors, by looking at what is and making the proper diagnosis. Diagnosis through knowledge. 
All the people who think that it doesn't take knowledge and it doesn't take understanding to come to freedom, to think that we're going to feel our way out of freedom alone, it's just about propagating a feeling, we'll meditate our way out of it, you know, we'll love each other out of it. This whole concept of the they don't understand what real love is, which we talked about on this show. Real love is an expanded state of awareness because you have the knowledge, because you care about propagating that important knowledge, the real deep level knowledge of self and of these techniques. And then it's using that knowledge and using that emotional state to actually take the right actions in the world. Like the philosopher Vernon Howard said, human sickness is so severe that few can even bear to look at it, but those who do look at it will become well. And you know what? That's the only way they'll become well. We have to make a proper diagnosis. We have to look at how we're separated. We have to look at how this illusion of separation is continuously propagated, how we are manipulated through it. The media propagates this endlessly. They're the biggest propagators of this nonsense of separation. But so are families. So are teachers, our so-called educators, who think that they're teaching people real information that is important. And it's all excuses. It's all because they don't want to think that they're in the hierarchy that is actually damaging people. They don't want to think their actions are bound within that paradigm, within that way of doing things in the world, in that hierarchical and compartmentalized system that we talked about weeks ago. They just want to absolve themselves of that responsibility. Teachers, so-called teachers, let's wrap that in quotes. I'm talking about, you know, public school educators. I was talking to my friend. He was saying his um, girlfriend who's a teacher, or friend who's a teacher, I'm sorry, you know, is reluctant to hearing this, doesn't want to accept or believe that there's such a thing as indoctrination. Again, people don't want to see how they're involved, how they're doing it to others, how they're doing it to themselves. It's all denial. It's psychological denial. And my words will be hard for people to hear because I'm not an apologist for humanity. Sorry, folks. Not going to get that on this show. If you want apologies for humanity, go tune into another New Age program, uh, some New Age program or something. Tune into another radio show because you're not going to get that here. You're going to get harsh truth here. Go listen to some New Ager that wants to tell you that the world is all sunshine and roses and that no one can ever be blamed for anything. Nonsense. B.S.
let's look at it as it really is. Let's strip back all the layers of the onion and place the responsibility firmly where it belongs, with ourselves. How about religion, folks? Whoa, now we're talking colossal separation. <laughs> Does it get any bigger than that one? Do people get any more enraged? Have more deaths resulted from the divide-and-conquer strategy of religion than any other. It's so much so, much so that we, we'll, have our, we'll have several weeks on religion alone, probably. And we will have at least a few weeks dedicated on this show just to the nonsense that is religion. Okay? And we'll, we'll get into how religion is astrotheology. We will get into the symbology associated with religion and the stories, that, the, the exoteric cover stories that veil the esoteric mystery traditions that underlie religions. We'll look at what religion really wants to hold us back from because the name of religion itself is to hold back. It comes from the Latin religare, which means to hold back, to tie back, to tie out of the way in a nice, neat little package. So when we're talking about divide and conquer, religion is right there at the top of the list. Like I said, I don't think there's ever been any more deaths attributed to anything in the world than controlling pe- the control of people's minds, through religion. And again, it's all nonsense. It's all something that's been made up, and it's been made up by the elites. It's been made up by the occultists that own this place. And they own it for one reason. They own this world because they own your mind. That's it. That's it. It can be boiled down right to that. The occultists, the dark occultists who own this world, own this world because they own your mind. And there's very, very few people who are fully out of that mind control. Very few people. You know who really in the modern age, as much as you can call the last 2,000 years the modern age, really propagated this technique? Who was the father of this technique of divide and conquer? It was the Roman senator... Gaius Julius Caesar, the Roman Emperor, Gaius Julius Caesar. Caesar waged a war campaign around the first century B.C. I believe it was around 50 B.C. or so in what we now call France. It was then called Gaul. And he played off all of the tribes of Gaul against each other. He would send his intelligence agents into the field, find out what all the differences between the tribes were, where all their tribal differences had gotten him into tribal warfare over the centuries, and then he exploited every one of those weaknesses. He would go in and propagate 
the warfare between a couple of the tribes. He would take one of their sides, and then he would wipe the other tribe out, and then he'd go move on to the next. Divide and conquer. All because they couldn't get along with each other, and they could never really truly recognize that they were being conquered from without. Because they had no unity within. You know, united we stand and divided we fall is a true concept. It really does work that way. But we have to be united over that which is true. Truth should be the number one unifying force in the world that we should be fighting for. Not nationalistic pride. Not some limited government program that is just as, as enslaving as any other. Not some religion, which is utterly nonsense based on astrotheology, but for truth. For truth herself. The sacred feminine element that is almost dead in this world. And we make excuses for killing every day. I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to get into a little bit about the Gallic Wars that Caesar, Caesar waged in a moment, and then we'll go more into the divide and conquer strategy. It's the top of the second hour. I just want to give the call-in number once again. I always enjoy when callers call in, so if anyone out there is waiting to call in, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. We're talking about the divide and conquer strategy of the rulers, the elite, the globalists, the sorcerers, the dark occultists, whatever you want to call them, the mind manipulators. There's a nice one. It's about as true as it gets. How they prey upon our perceived differences which are just that, perceptions, and they're erroneous ones at that. Anybody want to call in and uh, comment on this, talk about it, fire any questions out? 724-444-7444. The call-in ID number, the ID number is 83515. Call ID number, once you call in, you got to punch this in. Call ID number for what on earth is happening is 8. Three five one five. My website is happening.com. The, bro- the broadcasting network is Revolution Broadcasting. Their website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. The show is live every Tuesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to continue in this second hour talking about divide and conquer strategies. So in the modern age, Julius Caesar was the number one practitioner of this technique. He was the father of this technique, you could say. Okay, so I'm going to read a short clip about the campaign that he waged in Gaul, a a, a short uh, text, uh, textual reading. This is about his campaign that he waged against 
the tribes in Gaul, what we now call France, around the first century B.C. The Gallic Wars were a series of military campaigns waged by the Roman proconsul Julius Caesar against several Gallic tribes, lasting from 58 B.C. to 51 B.C. The Romans would also raid Britannia and Germania, but these expeditions never developed into a full-scale invasion. The Gallic Wars culminated in the decisive Battle of Alesia in 52 B.C., in which a a complete Roman victory resulted in the expansion of the Roman Republic over the whole of Gaul. Essentially, an entire subcontinent was conquered. These wars paved the way for Caesar to become the sole ruler of the Roman Republic. Although Caesar portrayed this invasion as being a defensive, preemptive action, most historians agree that the wars were fought primarily to boost Caesar's political career and to pay off his massive debts. Oh, wow. Where have I heard this story before? I I don't know. It sounds familiar, you know, but I just can't put my finger on it. Maybe someone could call in and enlighten me. Still... Gaul was of significant military importance to the Romans, as they had been attacked several times by native tribes both indigenous to Gaul and further to the north. Conquering Gaul allowed Rome to secure the natural border of the Rhine River. This military campaign is described by Julius Caesar himself in his book, Commentarii de Bello Gallico which is the most important historical source of the conflict. This book is also a masterwork of political propaganda, as Caesar was keenly interested in manipulating his readers in Rome to support him. I myself, now I'm taking a break from from reading for a moment, I myself, when I was in high school, I took Latin and AP Latin, and um, we translated some of this book about Caesar's military campaigns in Gaul. And it was some of the most enlightening educational material that I encountered while in school. I remember it to this day. Because what I specifically remember about it is the manipulation tactic that Caesar used to conquer Gaul, this divide-and-conquer strategy. It was brilliant. It is still taught today to generals in the military, in war colleges. Continuing with the reading, with this little excerpt, despite the popular image, the peoples of Gaul whom Caesar sought to subdue were far from disorganized barbarians. They weren't just disorganized barbarians. They just weren't united among themselves. They were too busy warring amongst each other over nonsense, over things that didn't really make any sense, while they were being destroyed from without by an external threat. 
And it's all one thing is a reflection of the other. As we are within, so will happen to us without. The universe is a great big mirror. The macrocosm reflects the microcosm and vice versa. That which is above is like to that which is below. And that which is below is like to that which is above. Hermetic principle number two, the principle of correspondence. And it's unquestioningly true. But most of us just refuse to see it. So despite the popular image, the peoples of Gaul whom Caesar sought to subdue were far from disorganized barbarians. They had coins and kings, towns and trade, and sophisticated craftsmanship in bronze and gold. They put up a fierce struggle and on more than one occasion came close to inflicting serious defeat on the Roman legions. The Roman success in the Gallic Wars was due to a combination of clever politics, effective campaigning, and greater military capability than their Gallic opponents. Caesar pursued a policy of divide and conquer to pick off his enemies, siding with individual tribes in disputes with their local rivals. He systematically gathered intelligence on the Gallic tribes to identify their characteristics, weaknesses, and divisions, and divisions, thereby being able to dispose of them in turn. Do we really need to go any further? 2,000 years ago, have we learned a thing? A thing. The same techniques still work because people are generally at the same level of consciousness. This is the only thing that truly does define our condition. How conscious are you? How aware of what is going on, truly going on, are you? And I would suggest, realistically and sadly, it's a paltry few. And get as upset about it as you like. That's the reality of the situation. There's a whole lot of people out there, folks, that consider themselves awake that aren't the slightest bit. They've cracked an eyelid and think they're fully awake, alert, and ready to go. And they're still in bed. The covers are still pulled up, almost up over their nose. They have an eyelid cracked, and they're peeking out, and they think they see clearly. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's, it's tiresome. It really is. Because so few people really do understand. I can give you a short list off the top of my head. People I think really deeply, deeply understand. 
Oh, I mentioned Stefan Molyneux. I think he gets it. I think Michael Tassarion gets it. I think Jordan Maxwell understands. I think uh, someone like um, David Icke gets it. I think um, Larkin Rose totally understands. I mean, you can count them on a few hands. There are so few that are truly, truly awoken that understand this from a spiritual perspective. From the perspective of true sovereignty. I am a sovereign being existing in the cosmos. The fact of my existence itself grants me my, my sovereignty. I need it granted by no one else. No one can ever take it away. There are no authorities in this realm. The end. You don't own me. The end. That's it. That's, that's the only fact anybody need know. I don't own you. You don't own me. I own me. You own you. The end. There's a whole book. You want to write it down on a piece of paper and put a cover on it? Go right ahead. That's all you need to know. There's no authority here. Authority is made up. It's mind control. It's all illusion. There's no such thing as external control over other people. If you think there is, you're under mind control. Deeply, as a matter of fact. Deeply. No place I am born puts me under anybody's jurisdiction. There's no such thing as jurisdiction. There's only people who have made a claim to it and believe in it and then propagate it through their ignorance. That's it. doesn't exist. Authority doesn't exist in this world. No one's an authority. You haven't authored anything. You want to be an author, go write a book. Man's law does not exist. Doesn't exist, folks. You think it exists, you're under mind control. It doesn't exist. You don't bind me based on anything unless I harm someone. That's it. I'm living my freedom and I'm not harming anybody. You don't own me. You're not going to make laws telling me where I can go, what I can do, how I can talk, where I can talk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is all fear. All little boys and little girls who have never grown up emotionally, who have never grown up psychologically, who have certainly never grown up spiritually, in fear. That's all this is. And I'm calling it for what it is. Fear. They're, they're not, they don't really own themselves, and they think they're going to write laws that bind others. You don't even own yourself, little boy. You don't even own yourself, little girl. You think you own people who do own themselves and know that they own themselves? Good luck. Good luck with that. 
All right, so that, that's my getting riled up for this show. I, I went off a little bit last week, too, but it, it truly pains me to actually see people that think they own other people. They're, they're that diseased. They're that diseased because they have no... There's only one reason. They're fearful little children. They've never grown up. Their mommies and daddies didn't pay enough attention to them when they were born. They have deep-seated psychological issues. They have abandonment issues. They have self-esteem issues, you know. They have sexual issues in many cases. It's all repressed sexuality. It's repressed uh, sexual um, nature based on their religious beliefs. And it's people who just want to hurt other people. They just want to be the morally sanctioned initiators of violence in the world. Because that's all any government is. They're the morally sanctioned initiators of violence. And I challenge anybody to prove otherwise, because you can't do it. Because that's the truth. That's, that's what it is. That's what government is. That's what it is. It's the morally sanctioned initiation of violence. And that's another thing people have to understand that are so brainwashed by the New Age movement which is another religion, just another way of dividing people. That's all. Another religion, the New Age movement, there's never any time ever, ever, ever to use physical force. Never. This is what the New Age movement actually thinks, or 99% of the people in it. And what they have failed to realize is the distinction between the initiation of undue force and the use of force in its proper context. One, you have every right to undertake, and one, you have no right to undertake. No one ever has or can acquire the right to initiate undue force. But when confronted with undue force, every being in the cosmos does inherently possess the right to use due force to quell that undue initiation of force. And that's what they don't want you to understand. They don't want you to know that. So the New Ages is set up as another tiny little cul-de-sac package. Oh, come on off into this room, cattle, so you never understand natural law. We don't want you going there. We don't want you understanding that. So come on here, and let's, let's meditate for hours on end. Please. Please. And hey, Say that the attitude is condescending, and it is. It's true. That's what's going on. It's just another method of manipulation. We'll talk about this in two weeks when we get into divide, I'm sorry, when we get into controlled opposition, which I'm going to dedicate at least an hour talking about the New Age movement and how it's. 99% bunk with a little bit of truth thrown in there to, to take the masses into the cattle car. It's just another religion, folks. 
It's just another religion. It's a religion to get people out of taking right action in the physical domain because it's a religion that they want, just like other religions, to get you to think that the physical domain does not matter. That's what it's there for. People have called it the last cul-de-sac before the gold mine. The last dark room that they can, that they can herd all the cattle into and slam the door tight behind them before, before they get to the light, to the true light. So this is yet another thing that people are divided on, religion. The New Age being one of the biggest modern-day religions in the world. All to get people to see, I'm sorry, to get them not to see, to keep them from seeing that they are essentially chattel property, that they are slaves by others who think that they actually own people. Okay, so I have a text comment here. Um, all right. Someone is saying, morally sanctioned, are you sure? And I would say, yes. People have given their moral sanction to government to do what they do, the vast majority at least. Not all, certainly not all. There are very few who do understand what government truly is, but most have given their moral sanction. Taxation is one of them. How many people actually believe, constitutionalists believe this, constitutionalists believe that government has the right to tax. They have the right to impose something called taxation, which is theft. That's all it ever has been. That's all it ever will be. It doesn't matter why you're using it. It doesn't matter what the money is going for. It's taking money by force. There's no, no, nothing voluntary about it, even though they say it's voluntary compliance. It's, it's involuntary. It's coercive. It's done at the point of a gun. It's done at the, point of, at the threat of, I will take your freedom away if you fail to take this action that I'm telling you you must take, which is give me a certain percentage that I define of what you earn, what you make, through your own, the sweat of your own brow. And ask people, go out into the world, go out onto the street and ask people, does the government have the right to impose any taxes at all? Does a group of people have the right to say to any other group of people, no matter what the numbers are, doesn't matter what the numbers are, does any group of people have the right to go and say to any other group of individuals, I am taking this much of what you have produced? You have worked the earth, you have done, done this in the physical domain, this is what you have manifested, and I'm taking this percentage of it without your consent. Because I'm going to help you with it, but nonetheless you have no right, not, you have no right to refuse. I'm taking it or I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you physically or I'm going to penalize you in some other way by taking something else that I can steal from you, or I'm going to actually put you in a limitation of your own physical freedom of movement. But we don't even think about this that way, because people are so brainwashed. 
I was watching a documentary the other day with my friend Walt, and he was saying, I don't think that I could explain that this concept, which was essentially about taxation and about people don't have the moral right to, to do what they're doing as far as taking anything. I, I really love Larkin Rose's take on this. You type into uh, YouTube, uh, The Right to Rob You by Larkin Rose. A brilliant assessment. Wonderful. Very clear, very easy to understand English. And he's dead on. He's spot on about this. Okay? And I think Stefan Molyneux is dead on, spot on about what taxation is, as are many other intelligent individuals who aren't mind-controlled by the word constitution to think that that is the actual moral law itself being spoken to us through man from God, okay, which is, is nothing whatsoever to do with. As a matter of fact, if you even look at the consciousness level of the constitution, you can easily determine that it is a much lower level of consciousness than the Declaration of Independence, which, which was written years before it. We would have done well better to stop the Declaration of Independence, where we would have had something closer to a true republic, a government of the people, meaning people governing themselves, until we stepped into the domain of constitution, which is essentially law writing. Yes, it's to restrain the government, but it also granted the government powers which it never had the right to grant that sovereign beings don't have the right to grant powers that they themselves don't have. You don't have the right to rob someone's wealth at the point of a gun. You can't grant that power to anyone else. I mean, this is simple logic. Even for laying down the moral issue aside momentarily, this is simple logic. If you don't have something to begin with, you can't give it to someone else. I don't have a chocolate cake in my refrigerator. I can't go give somebody a chocolate cake from my refrigerator. Very, that's very simple logic to follow. Well, if I don't have the moral right to impose taxation on another living being as its sovereign being myself, I can't grant that right to any institution. Uh, it's so clear, again, it's laughable. And the people who could come up with this, who have truly, the real people behind the scenes who have come up with this stuff, I'm talking about the occultists behind the scenes, are laughing hysterically. They, I'm telling you, this is a, I, I'm not even asking you to believe this. I'm telling you they are. I know how they laugh at people. I've been in rooms with the people who are actually doing this, these sets of manipulation techniques to the general public, or at least they're propagating them to the general public, the general public, again, is doing it to themselves by buying their nonsense. But they laugh hilariously at this. In a way, they have a very good sense of humor, albeit it's very twisted. But they laugh. It's not all seriousness all the time. They have a dark sense of humor about how hysterically misguided the general population is. And it, it is an endless source of mockery, ridicule, and derision for them. And they laugh hysterically about it. Because they, they have a hard time believing themselves that people will buy their crap. They actually, I mean, it has been said to me, 
you would not believe what people will buy that we will sell them, and they'll buy it every time. The, the, specifically, things that were mentioned to me were like books that were going to be coming out, New Age books, New Age publishing houses. And I was involved in the occult in the early 90s, okay? And the, the New Age books, up through the late 90s, actually, the, the New Age books that came out, were told to me that were going to be coming out about different techniques, about different concepts. There were going to be total perversions of occult topics, that they were going to take a little bit of truth and then just cover it with this big, huge lie so that they, people would accept all the nonsense and go around in circles, but they would take that little, little tiny bit of truth that they'd never really expand upon, but that would be the little bit of good taste in the poison pill that they need to perceive is there in order to accept it. And they said, watch how much the, the, the voluminous amounts of material that we're going to pump into this new age movement and how much of it is going to be nonsense that people will buy. And they said, they'll swallow it all. Because they know they're hungry. They know that people are hungry for something at a subconscious level. So it's easy to feed them nonsense. They haven't made it conscious yet what's really going on. They haven't understood these techniques at a conscious level. That's why they're so easy to prey upon. You have somebody that doesn't understand themselves. How easy is it to manipulate them? That, that is divided within themselves. This is the ultimate divide and conquer strategy. They need to divide you. Forget about dividing you from um, among other people and other groups like cops, like soldiers, like politicians, like judges. It's us versus them, us versus them. Forget even at that level of a group dynamic level. They need to first divide you amongst yourself. Your own self has to become divided for them to manipulate through these strategies. You have to be a being that doesn't, doesn't understand who you are. And they essentially got you when that's the case. I'm going to go to a caller here, all right? Here we go. Here we go. Caller from southeast Pennsylvania. You're on what on earth is happening. Hey, Mark. It's Chris again. How you doing? My friend, how are you? Good. Mark, listen, I'd uh, like to recommend uh, people read a book called The Iron Web by uh, Mark and Rose. Fantastic. Great. Yes. I read that Definitely. book, and um, it makes you think. Um, what you're talking tell us a little, about... Tell, tell us a little bit more about it. What, what, what's the general concept of it? You know, what does he go into in it? Well, I don't want to give it away, but it basically deals with um, considering anarchy and what it really is. And, but more importantly, it, it gets you to think about your natural rights and, and natural law. And what, I mean, I had to think about it for a while after I read it, what was really going on, because it seems, you know, out extreme in some sense. But the reason it seems that way is because what we've been taught uh, is so off the beaten trail of the truth. And to unlearn that, that there's almost instinctual understanding of, of you know, how law works and, and where it comes from, it takes time because not only are not only do you have that um, that understanding, it was inbred in you by your parents, and and probably right. by their parents. 
So to break yes. the cycle is extremely difficult. I mean, when you when you uh, you said this last week, when you mention anarchy to somebody, they think that you're crazy or, or chaos. Yeah. Um, I, I know in my own family, I ask people, and they say, "Well, there would be chaos." Well, right. you know, like you said before, though, after looking into this, I would much rather have the evilness going on in the world going on in the open. That's right. What's happening now? Because what's happening now is a hundred times worse than what yep. could be happening if we had natural law. How much more quickly do you think, with evil running amok, even if that did happen openly, right, how much quicker do you think people would understand the necessity of instilling proper moral values from the time we are young into our youth? if that were going on openly versus what we have now, which is take care of us from cradle to grave, Big Daddy. Protect us from the predators in our midst that we created because we couldn't morally educate them properly when they were young because we didn't want to handle that. We wanted to, hand, we wanted to turn over the power of that education over to the state. Well, I mean, I also listen to what you said when you said, you know, a uh, order out of chaos, and that is their right. motto. They know that, that there's a natural progression when you have chaos, it will move to order. Now, what right. order, the new world order, you know, it, you know right. it, it could be worse than the, than the original situation. But when you, this when I was true. The, the, the yes. victim of ortho of chaos is true. It is just a matter of what, which order you want to move it toward. That's absolutely right. And, Chris, that's a profound understanding that most people, even in the Masonic Lodges do not have about that dictum of Ordo Ab Keo. So you coming to that understanding is, is profound. I, 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 n- neither one of us are in the uh, official or the, uh, the um, lodge system of masonry, although I would suggest I, I have a deep, profound understanding of Freemasonry from working with it and through it. However, um, to, to reach that understanding, most people, even in the lodge system, never come close. So, yeah. I, well, when, when I, listen, I, I won't take much more time, but when I, when I, when I listened to Neo a couple, a couple shows ago, and I listened mm-hmm. to him, you know, chillingly describe his experiences in life, I mean, and to think that that is going on not just, you know, within our communities or in, within the United States, but all over the world. I mean, right. the, the amount of evil that is, and the negative energy that that's got to be generating is probably off the charts. And if we had natural law and we didn't have the, we protected ourselves and, and lived under natural law, we, we would make, um, we bring order to the situation real fast. Because if you stole, right. you stole off, you know, you know, something from someone, you just cut their hands off and that's the end of it. It seems drastic, but you wouldn't have too many more thieves. But what's going on right now behind the, you know, in the shadows is just, oh, with children, it just makes me sick. I mean, I don't even necessarily think we'd have to take that extreme action on most people there probably would be a small subset which would be unreformable now based upon their current deranged mental condition. But if we started working on our young upon understanding what is truly going on, we could raise a moral generation in one generation is all it would really take. They know if they fully have, the, the elitists know if they fully have one generation, they have everything they need to set their process in motion toward their order. And the other and problem I have I would is suggest, I'm... you know who I would suggest that generation was? Sadly, I would suggest that generation that they had under their thumb more than 
any other was the baby boomer generation. And that was like a lot of people. But, but you look at that generation. That is the first generation that was truly coming up, okay, that was raised largely on the television. Yeah. That was the generation where the television had their minds so deeply entranced, you know, from when they were young. That was the thing to do, sit in front of that TV, whole families just putting their kids in front of that constantly. They were raised on more television than anybody else. I think that generation is more mind-controlled through the television than even the modern one, and that's saying something. Yeah, for, for my for my standpoint, I pretty much turned the television off. I, I don't I don't subscribe to that that mind control anymore, even though I don't understand it. I know that it's affecting me, and I, I pretty much turned the television off. Um, right. the, the and I've also often think that you know, my generation, I'm in my mid forties. I thought that my generation is the one that lost it because someone's got to lose got to lose freedom. There's one generation that's got to fall asleep at the wheel before you know freedom is lost forever. You know, like, because Reagan said, you know, uh, you know, freedom is just one generation away from extinction. And I don't want to be in that generation. But th- th- I right. also think, to wrap it up, um, that I think that circumstances, because people aren't waking up, that circumstances are going to necessitate, necessitate natural law. And we're going to learn these principles over. But we're going to, like you say, the left-hand path, we're going to learn it the hard way. Right. Unfortunately, it looks that that is the path we are headed on to. And... Like I said, I think what we have in store for us is the harshest lesson, perhaps, that humanity may have ever had to endure because we would not take the lesson the easy way. And it's sad. I mean, it didn't have to be that way, but I do. I feel that's the path that we are on now, barring some dramatic event, some dramatic event, that really pushes the, this awakening process forward in a big way. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like to hold out hope for miracles. And yeah. literally, I think that's what it would take. Let me ask this question, Mark, because I'm really interested in your, in your, your, your take on this. Um, we've been, we haven't learned anything in 2,000 years, it seems like. Um, if we go through this horrible you know, purification by fire, baptism by fire, is humanity going to learn the lesson at some point? Do you, do you have, do you have, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't survive this process physically. But will humanity learn this, that, you know, who we really are, what we're capable of, and not fall, not fall prey to this, this illusion that, we, that we've all fallen prey to, prey to? I would say that that largely depends on the process that is initiated after the chaotic period, the, the okay. chaotic transitional period. See, we had a chance at this back in 1776, when we declared independence from the tyrannical foreign power that was oppressing us, that crossed an ocean under mind control to oppress us. Hey, imagine that. Back then, you had people crossing an ocean to oppress people of another nation because they were so much under mind control. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We're doing the same thing now, only in the opposite direction across the ocean. The same right. ocean, no less. Uh, so what have we really learned? You know, but, but I think it depends on the aftermath. We did have a chance in 1776. We freed ourselves, but only very, very temporarily, and the, the controls, the shackles came right back on. You know, yeah, we if you do the research, Mark, I think that um, we were never free. I, I think that the yeah. Masons, 
founded this country, and I think from the get-go, we were designed to be secretly ruled. And uh, Manly P. Hall wrote, wrote, wrote about this extensively, about the secret destiny of the United States of America. The, the question is, you know, is it a destiny, or can we change it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't understand all the forces that we're up against, but I do know this. 99% of people out there have no clue whatsoever. Sure. I think there were Masons involved on both sides of that. There were Masons who were truly trying to free this, this uh, group of people, you know, that were living here, that, that they understood sovereignty, and they were the true Freemasons, see? And then there were Masons working through the Lodge system. There were agents of the Crown. There were agents of tyranny, and they were the Dark Masons. See, masonry is about choices, and we'll go into this in later shows. I'm going to do a whole show on Freemasonry in the future. Okay, it's about choice. This is what this whole philosophy is really about, ultimately. What material are you going to build with? What are you going to choose? Which master are you going to truly serve? Are you going to build with light and knowledge and reason and morals? Or are you going to build with dark materials, which is building walls, which is turning people to stone emotionally, mentally, right? Erecting walls between people. Dark masons build up with brick. Light masons take down the walls, the barriers that divide people, which is what we're talking about, divisions. They don't erect divisions of yeah, and that's class the and money. And the money. Every dollar bill. Every dollar bill is like that brick. That, that, that's and you know what? When you remove that brick, the light comes down and joins with the earth. That's what it's all about. The dark mason builds up with brick, the light mason tears walls down and, and lets light come into people's souls. So it's not all masonry that's the, net, the problem here. That, that's just a, a philosophy, a system of allegory, symbolism, morality, that if truly understood could be very powerful. The problem is it isn't truly understood even by people in uh, the, the lodge system of today. I want to read a quote that illustrates part of what you were talking about earlier, Chris, um, this is from George, George Bush's um, uh, speech, George Bush Sr.'s speech um, that he gave when he talked about the New World Order back in the 90s. Okay? Uh, he said, this is an historic moment. We have in the past year made great progress in ending the long era of conflict and cold war. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Not the founders of this country, the UN's founders, which is a socialist group. And he wants to build this new world order based upon the rule of law, lowercase l, man's law. And he puts, he, he describes the law of nature 
Natural law, he doesn't say not natural law, he says not the law of the jungle. Because what idea subconsciously does that put into people's minds? What we talked about last week, the fear of predators. The jungle is a dark place where there's no civilization and there's predators waiting to get me at every turn. All of those concepts right into the subconscious mind. This is neuro-linguistic programming. It's a mind control technique. The world is controlled through words. His speech writers understood exactly what they were putting forward by using that kind of language. It's very clear to see when you look at these psychopaths' language, what they're saying if you know how to read it. Yeah, I know. I, believe me, that speech you just read, I've seen many, many times on YouTube to, to the point of ad nauseum. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I appreciate you're, you're addressing you know, some of my questions and, and clearing a couple things up for me. Uh, I'll let you get back to the show, but um, you know, I'll, I'll keep listening, and, and what you're doing is a great thing. Chris, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Mark. Always Take a care. You too, man. Chris from New Jersey. Always uh, great to hear from him on the show. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay. Have another text comment here. Okay, I'm with you on the taxation is theft part. Maybe I misheard your statement about morally sanctioned government. Indifference does not equate to morality. Powerlessness does not equate to morality. Cluelessness does not equate to morality. The lack of awareness of, of, of the need is no morality. Arguable, quote, acceptance is not morality. How can, the mere, how can mere masses equate to morally sanctioned government? Okay, so how I would respond to this is absolutely. None of these things equate to morality. I'm not saying that it makes it moral. People are sanctioning it of their own accord, which you put in quotes as arguable acceptance, but it is acceptance nonetheless. As I talked about last week, the occultists or the mind manipulators see not saying no as saying yes. They equate not non-refusal to comply with acceptance, with agreeing that this is justified, that this is acceptable. So that is placing one's own moral sanction on it, not speaking out and saying, no, this is unacceptable. I refuse to comply with this. I do not, you do not have the moral right to do this. They consider not saying openly that, not living according to that principle as moral sanction. And most people do think that the government does have the moral sanction to do it. If, if, what I'm saying is that does certainly, you're absolutely correct, that that does not make it moral. In no way does that equate with morality itself. I'm not talking about morality it, itself. I'm talking about people's collective perceived moral sanction on that action. For example, I'll give a, an anecdote. Uh, I'll give a couple of anecdotes about uh, what I've talked about this evening. And I guess I'll wrap up the show with these. Um, I went into a uh, bar before going to a concert one evening with my girlfriend. We sat down. I got into a discussion with a gentleman at the bar, and we got on the topic of 
what's going on as far as our freedoms being taken away and uh, how politicians are corrupt and you know the the two-party system is basically you know brings in you know one crook and then the next crook comes in to take take his place and they're essentially you know ruining the country and taking it in a socialist direction and in a fascist direction etc cetera, etc cetera. yet when i brought up the issue of taxation immediately what was said was oh come on man you got to pay your taxes how's anything going to get done and i just i literally dropped my head into my hands at that point. I was like, we just had a conversation about all the evils that are going on as a result of government and how our rights and freedoms are essentially being eroded. And I just heard that statement out of his mouth after saying that. And at that point, I just gave him one of my cards. I said, here's the website. Go check, go check it out. If you understand it, you'll understand it, and you'll read further, and you know, you'll wake up more. If not, you won't. But it's just it's it's unfathomable to me to to think that people actually think that this is something that we could not live without that their imagination is that deadened that they're admitting to themselves when they make a statement like that here's what that person really said to me okay now he didn't really say these words okay but in effect here's what that gentleman at that bar about a year or two ago said to me in saying what he actually did say. In effect, what he said is, what I think, Mark, is that the human species is so deadened, so dumb, and their imagination has been so destroyed, their will is so weak, that they cannot envision or imagine doing things any different way than what we are, how we are currently doing them. Therefore, in that level of fear and ignorance, I am going to sanction people taking whatever percentage of other people's wealth that they feel they have the moral right to take. And I'm going to stand back and say, wow, that must happen. Because however would we do any of the things that we need to do in life without that process of theft taking place? That's what that person said to me by saying, you need to pay your taxes. get it that's essentially in effect what was said now here's another anecdote and this relates directly to divide and conquer i guess i'll wrap up the show on this and this you know you know um one of the things i'd like to say to the listening audience is yes i could be harsh on the general population let's bring it home to me because this is where I'll always say you know a lot of times you'll say something uh, harsh you'll say something that is unapologetic about people's actions to an individual and they'll get very defensive and upset for a specific reason they'll get very defensive and upset because they have family members that are involved in these institutions that you're talking about so you, you talk about the unlawful removal of someone's right to have free speech let's say in Pittsburgh in the G20 last year which I'm still a raving lunatic about when I think about it okay it's you want to talk about a hot-button issue to talk about with me there's nothing that gets me more riled than what I saw 
in the, the G20 and the subsequent one up in Canada, but specifically the one in Pittsburgh. The nerve of these individuals thinking that they have the right to do this ever under any reason for any amount of pay or because anybody told them that they were allowed. The, the, the unmitigated gall that these cops have thinking you have the right to even be there doing what you're doing. You got nerve. Okay? So, gotta calm down. You'll say that to someone whose husband is a cop, and they'll get all uppity and defensive. How dare you talk about that? Because their husband's a cop. Not because they, they, they don't see the inherent immorality in what was done, but because it's bringing it home to someone they're close to. So let's bring it home to someone I'm close to. Okay? See, I'm not immune to this, right? I say, let's talk about people in my family. Okay? I, I do this all the time because I want people to know I make no excuses for anybody. Not even my own mother, my own father, my own grandfather, my own grandmother, etc., etc., etc. It doesn't matter who it is. Okay? So I'll tell a, a short anecdote to wrap up the show. Recently on my street where I live, here in Philadelphia, there's been two-hour parking implemented, okay? And what was lost was something that we once had, free parking on our street. And parking could have gotten up tight in some instances, but at least we had freedom to park on the street in any parking spot that was open. And we didn't have leeches. We didn't have parasites coming into this neighborhood, immoral parasites that are essentially house slaves, okay? We didn't have house slaves coming in to our block, putting tickets on people's cars for not being parked there for more than two hours, even if they live on this block, okay? Well, here's how this got done, okay? And it, people on this block are fighting this and aren't going to stop fighting because fraud was committed on this block, Okay? My own cousin, and here it is out there on the airwaves and archived on the internet for all posterity. My own cousin who lives on this block went to the controllers because she felt she had the privileged right to be allowed to park on this street and not have to walk if you had to park a half a block away or a block away, or God forbid, farther than a block away. So I'm going to hear, here's the problem, reaction, solution, and the divide and conquer. I'm going to go right to the controller to solve my problem for me. We have no other way of solving a parking problem. We couldn't use any creative methods of solving this. You couldn't come up with funding to build a lot or, a parking garage or anything like that. Don't, don't ever look into free energy technology, which could get us off of having to use cars, or anti-gravitic propulsion, which has been suppressed for hundreds of years, okay? 
free energy technology like Tesla Pioneer, which has been suppressed for over 100 years. Don't, don't ever dare look at any of that. Go right to the controller because you're too lazy to walk a block or ha have to drive around the block a couple times to look for a parking spot. God forbid. Because you're too lazy, go right to the controller, bring, bring the parasites into our neighborhood, and you don't care about anybody else, whether it affects their financial situation, whether it creates inconveniences for them. And now you've got to go get a license to park on this block. A permit. And how many, there's so many people that are for this crap, okay? Because they're all selfish individuals. All they care about is themselves and their own situation. That's all it is, and it's laziness. It's pure laziness, and it's lack of respect for other human beings. That, and here's how it was done, folks. This is the kicker. The kicker isn't that it was put to any kind of a democratic vote and voted upon, and this was popular consensus. Here's how it was done. They came around, and no, registered mail wasn't used. This wasn't put to a public vote in a public forum. One person came around with a, a, a clipboard okay, and said, hey, you want this two-hour parking stuff? It'll make it easier for us to park on this block, which is nonsense to begin with because that's not true. Okay? But that's how they came around and sold, tried to sell this to people. right? And they never told you how the vote worked. They just said, if you want it, sign this petition. We're going to submit it and try to get two-hour park parking implemented. And so most people on this block actually didn't want it. Ten out of the 21 houses on this block, just under 50%, they needed 70% agreement, approval. And this is going to confirm another thing that I tell you about controllers and their mindset, Okay. They didn't tell anyone that there was a no sheet that you needed to sign to cast a vote for no. I don't want this crap on my block. So in the omission, which is fraud, okay, this is fraud. And the person should be held responsible for fraud because they lied by omission. They said Here's what to do if you want it. And that's all the information that was given. And so they got a bunch of yes signatures by the people on the street that did want this implemented. And they got hardly any no signatures because they didn't tell anybody there was a no vote. That's how they did people dirty on this block because they're lazy and they just wanted their way. And this was my own cousin, ladies and gentlemen, Let's bring it right home. Let's bring it right home. This is the kind of consciousness members of my own family are in. So now we have to pursue this to try to get some sort of a fraud investigation going because the people and the neighbors on this block were utterly lied to about how this worked. And it was not put to any kind of an open vote. This was done in secret and with a lack of information, a deliberate holding back of information. And guess what? That's how they divide and control you. They got the whole block fighting amongst themselves about this while they go to the bank. 
The controllers got their way. They got the two-hour parking implemented, and they're writing a bunch of tickets now and making tons of money off of people's ignorance, apathy, and laziness. And that's how it works every time. And my own family is no exception. So I'll, I'll wrap it up right there and leave it at that this week. Great show. Great callers as always. I'll see you guys here next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on What on Earth is Happening. Check out my website at whatonearthishappening.com. Good night, everyone.